A wild one inside the JMA Wireless Dome tonight as Syracuse upends Notre Dame 78-73. to The Orange beat the Fighting Irish twice in the same season for the first time since, get this, 2004-05, 18 years on the money. Yeah, you heard that right, folks. 18 years since SU beats ND twice in a single season. Liam Griffin here. I've been tweeting the game for Orange Fizz on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. You can check out this Twitter space. If you miss anything, you can go catch all of our articles at theorangefizz.com as well. So like we said, Syracuse takes down Notre Dame 78-73. We just talked to both Jim Beheim and Chris Bell. And for the most part, it seems like they were in fairly good moods, right? I mean, you come back from a 12-point deficit against the Fighting Irish team that has not met expectations this year. This is a team that made the NCAA tournament and came in with high-ish expectations this year. This was not a team you expected to beat twice going in, especially not especially not even going into the first matchup after you get pounded by Illinois. That Not many people had the Orange going into South Bend and winning that game. Nonetheless, that happens. And we're sitting here today. SU has now beaten ND twice this season. Sure, the Irish are not the caliber of a Duke or a Virginia. Nonetheless, this is a team that's built to beat the Orange. They shoot the three ball immensely well. And we saw it time and time again in this contest. They were kicking it out, especially in the first half, just knocking down the threes that Syracuse gave them. And when you have guys like Dane Goodwin, Marcus Hammond, Nate Leshesky, who's an excellent three-point shooter, Cormac Ryan, who did not have a good night, and J.J. Starling, who's very athletic and playing with a heavy heart today, is playing in front of his hometown fans for the first time, the Baldwinsville native. Four-star recruit, was heavily recruited by the Orange, but wound up, decided to join Mike Bray's squad in South Bend. So when you can think about all those factors, this feels like a good win. Yes, Notre Dame is not great. It's, it, doesn't take a, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. But this feels like an important win in that this team is built to beat SU. And every which way you look up and down the box score, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot. There's a lot to like. Let's let's talk about Chris Bell first. Jim Beheim said multiple times in pressers, or I should say, has said multiple times in pressers, when he gets going, he gets going. He is a very good shooter. We had not seen that for 17 games. Yeah, he had some stretches. He got hot against St. John's, but more often than not, when Jim Beheim has talked about Bell in press conference, is it has been, why can't this guy rebound the basketball? It's a different outlook today. 17 points on 6 of 9 shooting, including 5 of 8 from beyond the arc, and 3 rebounds, which is more than what he normally gets, if we're being brutally honest. But there was a different hustle to his game today. And if these types of performances become the norm for him, you've got Miami coming up two days from now. Might be the toughest game left on the Orange schedule, considering it's a road game against a ranked team. Sure, you got Duke in your back pocket, along with UNC here and UVA here. Those are three games that are going to be tough to win. But considering the fact that this game against the Hurricanes is on the road, yes, they lost to NC State today, but that's a good Wolfpack team. If you get a performance like that from Chris Bell down in Coral Gables, that game becomes a heck of a lot more interesting because Miami, if we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll touch more, we'll go more in depth on that later, but. Last year, SU should have beaten Miami twice, and instead they lost to Miami twice, but we'll get into that 
a little later on. All right. Joe Girard got hurt sometime in the second half, and he didn't have a great night, seven points on two-night shooting. The first time he hasn't scored at least 15 points since that Illinois game we referenced earlier. So we've gone 10 straight games of scoring 15 points. It's really good to see that Syracuse can win against ACC competition when Girard is having an off night. Because if you look back to when he had off nights in the past, Colgate, St. John's, Bryant, Illinois. With the exception of Illinois, those three are games that you might have won had Girard been going. It's good to see that Girard does not need to have it going to be a winning team. Yeah, his, his jump shot was not pretty today. And we don't know if the injury had something to do with it, if he was hurting before the game. But he came out in the second half. Justin Taylor checked in for him. And it rejuvenated this team's offense for the better. And Syracuse takes down Notre Dame 78-73. I'm Liam Griffin recapping all the action here on Orange Shiz. So Justin Taylor comes in, makes some tough shots, plays 12 minutes, and now let's get into that playing time aspect of things. So Sinir Torrance and Munir Hima played four minutes off the bench, and I'm, I was shocked when Hima went in in the first place because Jesse had played the whole game up until that point. But it's kind of a moot point now after seeing the final result. Chris Bell gets 34 minutes. We were wondering, Bell's minutes were starting to decrease, right? Not the case anymore. He plays almost the full game. Judah Mintz gets 38. Joe Girard gets 31. Jesse Edwards gets 36. Malik Brown gets 29 off the bench. He pours in 15 and 6. You love to see that. Malik Brown continues to make friends out of Orange fans. And I think Malik Brown is turning into the sixth man. Not too long ago, we wrote an article on theorangefizz.com talking about who the sixth man should be. Chris Bell was a name that came to mind, believe it or not. As was Justin Taylor. Heck, even Simon Torrance may have been in there. Malik Brown is the sixth man now. Period. If you want to, if you want to start him, I don't think you're going to find many people that object to that because, well, he's playing starters minutes and playing like a starter. But if you want to stick to your original five, I also understand that. So when you factor into all that, Malik Brown, 15 points, 29 minutes, six boards. Get this, seven of eight shooting. That's wicked efficient, and you simply love to see it going forward because Jim Beheim said last year SU has not had a bench scorer since Deion Waiters. Can Malik Brown be that guy? Is he the, Has he been the missing piece early in the season? You look at games like Pitt, Colgate, Bryant, St. John's. If he was playing at this level then – this season has a different outlook. You know, SU is 12-6. and six. If Syracuse wins those four games, they're 16-2. Big if. Big if. But at this point in time, the only games I think you can look at and mark as definitive losses that SU did not have a chance to win, Illinois and Virginia. And it hurts, but it's nice to see this team peaking at the time to peak. All right. Another interesting box score nugget. 11 minutes. That's how much time Benny Williams had in this one. This kid, man, like I wrote an article on theorangefizz.com before, I think, the Oakland game, saying that it was put-up-or-shut-up time for Benny. He doesn't even reach the double-digit mark in minutes against Virginia Tech on Wednesday in a game many were considering must-win, and they ended up winning that one. That's gonna, it's going to be an interesting showdown in Blacksburg two weeks from now. 
So the fact that he played 11 minutes in this one, Malik Brown is eating up his minutes by the minute, pun intended. Benny was not on the floor down the stretch. It was Malik. Benny subbed out at like the 17-minute mark of the second half and never saw the floor again. Gee whiz. I mean, there comes a time when you have to wonder, like, how much longer is Jim Beheim going to let it ride? How much longer is Benny himself going to let it ride? Because it isn't pretty. And we've been waiting on him to develop a jumper, which he hasn't done. That, that, that feels like the missing piece for Benny. If we want to, him to develop into the player we foresaw him developing into almost two years ago now when he first stepped on campus. Nonetheless, not the case. And Malik Brown continues to eat into his minutes. Syracuse 78, Notre Dame 73. Liam Griffin reacting to the win. One bad, though. One bad. Notre Dame made 15 three-pointers, shooting 37 of them. That's a 41% success rate. Wow, that percentage isn't all used. All, all, what's the word I'm looking for? Jaw dropping. There we go. The fact that you let Notre Dame shoot that many, and the first half was ugly. Notre Dame was 8 of 15 at one point in the first half. They made nine altogether before heading into the locker room. I don't know if the 6 for 20 shooting in the second half was a product of improved Syracuse defense. Notre Dame just missing shots like we saw in the second, or like we saw in the first, the first time these two teams met, or a combo of the two. I like to think it was a combo of the two. The three-point shooting defense has to get better. Notre Dame is a very good three-point shooting team. They missed a lot of shots today. You know who else is a very good three-point shooting team? Miami. UNC. Duke. When you get to the cream of the crop of the ACC, heck, I'll throw in Clemson in there, the Clemson team that is currently unbeaten in the ACC. But it, What is this, football season? Nope, it is January 14th. And Clemson is undefeated in the ACC. Crazy, right? Now, granted, the Tigers are a very good team and have one of the best bigs in the ACC in P.J. Hall. Nonetheless, still shocking. Before we look into ahead, I want to say this. It is very, very hard to beat a team twice in a year. That's something I was preached to in high school. Heck, even middle school, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year, especially when they're in the same conference as you. The fact that Syracuse was able to rally together and pull out this win against the conference foe speaks dividends to the guts this team is starting to develop. Notre Dame, the SU could have just bent backwards when Notre Dame went up by 12 with about 12 minutes to go in the game. As the buzzer goes off inside the dome for some reason, I don't know, maybe they're telling all the fans to get out of here. But, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year, when, especially when they're in the same conference as you. The fact that Syracuse was able to get this win not only bumps their record to 12-6 and six and 5-2 and two in ACC play, it gives more of a confidence going ahead. Let's see. Virginia Tech two weeks from now. A team you beat earlier. You have a chance to beat them twice in a year. Boston College three weeks from now. A team you beat earlier. Now you can beat them twice in a year. A win like this boost your confidence to be able to beat those teams twice a year. Yes, you beat BC and BT at home, and you have to beat them on the road this time. But beating a team twice in a year is not easy, and being able to do it this once speaks a lot. Liam Griffin taking you through Syracuse's 78-73 to win over Notre Dame here on theorangefizz.com. All right, I'll wrap this up with a brief look ahead to the Miami Hurricanes, who 
Folks, it's a really good Hurricanes team. Yeah, they lost to NC State today. And before we go any further with that, let's flash back to last season. Syracuse was up 44-26 to at one point in both the road game at the beginning of January and the home game at the beginning of March. Senior day, by the way, was the home game. Syracuse, as last year's Syracuse team did, collapsed down the stretch. Losing both games by one possession, 88-87 in Coral Gables, 75-72 in Syracuse. This year's Miami team is really good. Coming up in the Elite Eight run, 14-3. Currently ranked 16th, but that will change considering they lost today to NC State. Their losses are at Georgia Tech, at NC State, and they lost at home to Maryland that to a Maryland team that surged at the beginning of the season isn't really anymore. So what when you look at this Hurricane team, a lot of names come to mind. Isaiah Wong, who had that big NIL controversy earlier in the season. Nigel Pack is a baller. Jordan Miller as well. This is a team built on veteran, veteran, veteran play. Almost similar to Notre Dame today. Notre Dame had a bunch of grad students. When you look at last year's Miami team in particular, it was even more so with guys like Cameron McGusty and Charlie Moore. Both of them are gone. But first of all, you can't convince me that Jim Laranega isn't Jim Beheim's clone. Secondly, this Hurricane team might be better than last year's Hurricane team. Yes, the Miami team that made a run to the Elite Eight. So what's it going to take to beat them? You have to play a full 40 minutes. The last time SU played a ranked team, Virginia, SU slipped early, went fall behind down the stretch, and never recovered. You have to get out to a good start. You cannot let Miami jump out to a big lead like Virginia did. That is a recipe for disaster. So you heard it here, folk, here first, folks, on theorangefizz.com. The key to a Syracuse victory is playing a full 40 minutes, something the Orange have struggled to do all season. They've had a bit of a slip in the second half today. Nonetheless, SU emerges victorious. That'll wrap up this Fizz Twitter space. For all of us here at theorangefizz.com, I'm Liam Griffin. If you missed any part of this, you can check out the recording on our website and SoundCloud and all of our articles on theorangefizz.com. Thanks for tuning in. Final score once again, Syracuse 78, Notre Dame 73. We'll have full coverage of the Miami game Monday night. Thanks for hanging out with us, and go Orange.